And a good Saturday morning to you at 745. That means it's time for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Hi, Jack. Good morning. Hello, Denny. How are things this morning? Things are great. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe. Boy, the last two weekends at the Minnesota State Fair, and here we are back. I won't say normal, but here we are. Right. So it's, uh, the fair is always fun. It's always fun when it's over, too. I, I agree, yes. <laughs> Especially for those poor people that have to go out there every single day, the whole series of the fair days, you know. It it gets a little tough. The traffic is difficult, etc. But this, at least this year, the weather was really cooperating. Oh, did it ever? Yeah. We didn't have one day. I don't no. think where it was even over eighty. That's right. It Usually, was very... you get a couple of those days that are really scorchers at the fair, where you walk down the fairway and you've got sweat trickling down the middle of your back. You're very close. To each other. <laughs> yes. Today, I thought we would talk about wine for all occasions. Whether you're having a fancy dinner party or you're going to a birthday party or a housewarming, what kind of wine should you pick? And speaking of housewarming, you know, wine is the perfect gift. This goes back hundreds of years. When someone moves into a new house, you give them a loaf of bread, a little cellar of salt, and a bottle of wine. And the reason are bread so this house may know no hunger, salt so you'll always have a life full of flavor and interest, and last wine for all the joyous occasions that you'll celebrate now. So for a housewarming, wine is a perfect gift along with a loaf of bread and a little bit of salt. But when you're picking wine to, for an event, you've got to consider a lot of things, the time of day, the type of events, and the wine should fit the occasion. One of the things that is an absolute must take away from this this morning is never bring a bottle of wine to a dinner party that you want served with the dinner, unless you have cleared that in advance with the host or hostess. Uh, usually when you're invited to a dinner party, they've already planned the wines. And for you to bring something uh, that you want to serve really presents an awkward moment to the host and hostess because they've picked a wine or uh, to go with that dish, and then you, you show up and that your wine might not be appropriate. So always... Uh, if you're bringing wine to a dinner party, tell the host or hostess, this is for later for you to enjoy by yourself, etc. And, you know, when you're giving a gift of wine, I think it's always nice to tie a note around the neck of the bottle. Because that way, even if they put it in their cellar, they've got the note hanging on the bottle and why you picked it or uh, what you hope they'll have it with or... Uh, what was your particular interest in that bottle of wine as a, uh, as associated with them? It's really very, very nice. For a housewarming gift, I like Cabernet or, or Bordeaux because you can put it away and even go to it a year, two years, three years later, and the wine is uh, still probably pretty good. Uh, if you do want to bring a wine to a dinner party that you'd like them to serve, bring something for dessert. Uh, a sparkling wine, a bottle of port, a bottle of Madeira, something to have uh, after dinner, that's that's always acceptable. And, you know, another fun thing if you're going to a big party are oversized bottles, magnums, double magnums, etc. cetera. Uh, make a very, very interesting gift uh, for a party you're going to. And, and the, the occasion itself, the time and season, for example, if you're going to a brunch or a shower, you want something with uh, probably low in alcohol, like a Prosecco or a Sancerre or a Moscato, would be very, very good to have for a shower or brunch. 
any inexpensive sparkling wine with brunch would go so well because you can make mimosas or, or make cranberry juice in sparkling wine. All of those things are very good. If you're going to a summer soiree, what would be better than a, a well-chosen rosé? Uh, tailgate. People overlook this for tailgates, but sparkling rosé or as Cremant wine from France. And Cremant simply means a sparkling wine from France that's from someplace besides Champagne. All Cremants are made in Method Champenoise. In other words, they're made in the old Champagne method uh, where the wine is absolutely fermented in the very bottle you buy it in. So Cremants represent great value, to me anyway, because it's that French style of winemaking that makes Champagne so exceptional. And while uh, Cremants aren't Champagne, they're about the closest thing you can get to Champagne. So if you get a, a rosé, a Cremant rosé from, say, Burgundy, uh, for tailgating is great because sparkling wines go with very salty food. If you don't believe me, sometimes have a glass of sparkling wine and have a potato chip. The marriage was made in heaven. Uh, you know, even better than soda pop or beer with that potato chip, the acid in the champagne is just the perfect foil to the saltiness of the ship. Uh, the chip. Another thing in tailgating, red blends are really good because they they fit so many needs. And you know, red blends are not an uncommon thing. They've been blending. Uh, wine in Bordeaux for centuries. And so when we talk about a red blend, it isn't something new out of California. It's something wine people have been doing forever. And what what happens with a blend is, uh, for example, Cabernet's steeliness can be tempered a little bit by the softness of a Merlot and uh, the longevity of a Cabernet Franc or, or the zippiness of a Malbec all combine to make a wonderful wine, and blends, as I said, are really, in my opinion, just great for barbecues or tailgating or anything along those lines. Uh, you know, and there's all kinds of different wines, reasons, wines of introduction, where people, you know, if you have a wine tasting party, people are going to, uh, and they don't know one another, uh, it's, it's a good way to get things, break the ice, so to speak. Uh, then they're conversational wines. You're going to go see an old friend, and you're going to just chew the fat for a couple hours. Uh, there's wines you could bring for that. And then wines just to be solely entertained by. And there's a wine fits every one of these categories, including ostentation. Uh, sometimes with wines, particularly with a lot of collectors, possession is more important than the experience of drinking the wine. And while I don't ascribe to that theory at all, uh, I suppose important wines have to be reserved for important people. But uh, be that as it may, uh, a wine makes a very appropriate gift for almost any occasion. Uh, a great wedding gift I have found is I give people three bottles of wine. and The first one is a sparkling wine, the second one is usually a Bordeaux, and the third one <coughs> is a bottle of port. And then I type a note with the thing saying how the sparkling wine is for your first anniversary when you're fresh and new and exciting and, and full of effervescence about your new marriage. Uh, the second bottle, the Bordeaux, is for your fifth year anniversary. It has matured and developed just like your marriage has matured and developed, etc. And then for the 10th anniversary is the bottle of port where 
I say, you know, well, you've lasted this long, much like the port, you, and uh, you've got a solid base, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It makes a wonderful gift, and I, I, everybody I've ever given one of those to has called me on either the fifth or tenth anniversary and said how wonderful it is. So far, I've been pretty lucky. I've given it to people whose marriages have lasted. <laughs> but uh, be that as it may, it makes a great gift. Uh, and, you know, a wine... Uh, gift uh, for any kind of occasion is sensible, it's fun, and it's a very classy thing. There's thousands of varieties. Uh, One thing I would suggest is don't buy a bottle of wine because you thought the label was pretty. Uh, You know, uh, cute labels usually disguise wine that isn't so cute. So uh, be prepared with that a little bit. And then you want to figure out some kind of wine that'll pair with what the occasion is. and that's and that's again not very hard to do. Uh, red Bordeaux is a great gift thing because uh, that earthiness of a cab with the softness of Merlot get blended in, and the wines last a long time. Red Bordeaux are you're guaranteed to last even an inexpensive one will last four or five years for sure. And so you're assured that if they put that wine into their cellar uh, five years from now when they go after it. Uh, to open a bottle, it'll still be good and delicious. And as I said, it's very, very hard not to take advantage of sparkling rosés. They really work, and they're such a versatile wine. A sparkling rosé will go even with a steak dinner very, very nicely. So uh, be sure and give that a try. And then barbecue, everybody has heard me constantly say about Malbec. Pardon me. Malbecs are perfect to have with barbecue. Just taste a Malbec with any kind of barbecue sauce. That spicy sweetness that you get from a barbecue sauce is just paired magnificently with a Malbec. Also, Syrahs go very well with barbecue, and uh, so do Zinfandels. And that, those are great. If you're going to a, a, a vegan dinner party, uh, try a Grenache Rosé from uh, the Rhone Valley in France. Those are really delicious, and they're uh, Perfect blend with uh, vegan food, in my opinion. Even for white fine fans, try a Sauvignon Blanc. Again, also try a Bordeaux blend. That's Semillon and Sauvignon Blanc blended together. And it makes for a wonderful thing to go with a a vegetable lasagna very, very nicely. And don't forget, uh, with pasta, Chianti is always great and you know, uh, if you know your host, your host is going to be serving pasta. Tell them you have a favorite Chianti you'd like to bring. Or don't forget Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio is often overlooked. And it really is, excuse me, a thoroughly delightful white wine. And it makes a great aperitif wine. If you're looking for a cocktail wine to serve, Look no further than Italian Pinot Grigio. It's innocuous enough to be perfect for everybody, whether you're a Chardonnay fan or your mantra is ABC, anything but Chardonnay. Pinot Grigio will fill the bill. And, of course, if you don't know what they're going to have for dinner and they tell you to bring the wine but haven't told you what they're serving, you can't go wrong by bringing a Spanish Tempranillo. They go well with everything. It's the principal grape type, really, of Spain. And uh, there's so many good Tempranillos coming out of Spain that are very affordable and uh, will go perfectly with any food like that. 
So don't forget, wine is, isn't just for formal occasions. It's for informal occasions, too. It makes, I always tell people it's the perfect gift of taste because it reflects not only uh, the giver has good taste, but the recipient does as well. And as I said earlier when I started this out, put a little note on the neck and tie it to the bottle, and that way they can keep that on there. If they put it in their cellar and say they don't open the wine for two or three years, your note is there to remind them who they got that wonderful bottle of wine from and why you chose it for them. And I think those things are very handy and helpful when you're thinking of giving wine to people uh, for a particular event. And as I said, the appropriateness is another important thing. You wouldn't pick the same wine for a black-tie dinner party as you would for, to go to a tailgating party. And, of course, in France, they have a party called the Pauli. And the Pauli is where all the winemakers bring their own bottle of wine. The, the host and hostess obviously provide aperitif wines, etc. But then at the table, you share your wine. You bring a bottle or two, and everybody shares your wine, and you share their wine at the table. And those Paulis are just a great fun event. It's sort of like a BYO. Bring your own bottle. <laughs> and, but it's very popular in wine country. They all have a Pauli uh, frequently. In fact, whenever they get together, it's a Pauli because each winemaker will bring some wine and you'll say, do you like this or don't you? And they're very open to criticism, etc. in wine country. Uh, you have to be careful. It's like criticizing their children. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You're tempered when you say anything. Well, you've had some great ideas, uh, gift-giving ideas, uh, Jack. And I know for folks stopping at any one of the Haskell's locations, they're going to get that help. They will love it. And at Haskell's, we're tasting wines on Saturday. It's a great day to visit the vineyards of the world. And believe me, we represent the vineyards of the world at Haskell's. We have thousands of wines to choose from. From, and you know what? They'll help you pick a wine that'll make the meal, but they'll help you pick a wine that won't break your budget, that'll be affordable. So stop in at the Haskell's. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, in Excelsior, in Faribault, right off of 35. Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. 23,000 square feet of wines from around the world. And downtown Minneapolis, there's free parking on Saturday and Sunday. At Ridgedale, you'll find the Haskells, as you will in Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskells, go to Haskells.com, and it'll take you right to the Haskells website where there's all sorts of exciting stuff to look for and different tastings you can go to at all the Haskells stores. And don't forget, we do deliver. Excellent. Jack, let's talk again next week. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Right. Thank you, Jack Farrell from Haskell's.